Amen. Wow. You all know how much um, the whole world scene means to me right now um, through this whole season. And um, I've been uh, standing in the prophetic words um, that have spoken uh, regarding President Trump. And we've gone through this very difficult, challenging whole group of years. And um, I'm just always dying to talk about it, but I try to really watch over what will become an interf um, distraction here for what I preach and say. But um, I, I, I want to make a few statements that, number one, this is so much bigger than America, what's going on. It's, this is a worldwide awakening. It is happening. Look at Brazil, what's going on with them. They also had a bad election, election that went bad. The military has stepped in. And uh, one little interesting fact, when this uh, present administration got into power, uh, immediately, immediately, I learned this, they sent a CIA, uh, maybe his name was Burns, I'm not sure what, to, uh, uh, official to um, Brazil, to negotiate the release of Lulu, the one that became the fake president. And how interesting, out of prison, convicted of real crimes, he gets released and runs for president. Come on now, like that really sheds some light on the whole thing, doesn't it? And then the people, and the people around the world have been rising up in protest against the vaccine, against the mandates, against the all, because they realize this, something's wrong. And it was, it's been very, very wrong, very, very wrong. And so I, was, I realized, oh my gosh, this is so big. This is happening all around the world. There is an, an awakening and a liberation that I believe with all of my heart is coming. Leaders in Australia, and there's Ricardo, um, uh, Ricardo Bossi. I've listened to him at times. He shows up and... Uh, amazing military man, patriot, and loves, again, loves his country. And there is a connection with the, the true, there's bad military, but there's good military. There's a, there is a, uh, an alliance, it's being called, all around the world to break the power of this horrible, evil cabal. So this is much bigger than President Trump coming back in, uh, probably more appropriate to call him Commander-in-Chief because I actually believe because of the executive orders that he, uh, that he wrote before he left office and things that he did, he is actually the Commander-in-Chief of the military. And they're letting this play out because these evil people, and forget the names that you see on the news, they're, at best there's, they are puppets. There were a few actual real-world leaders, good ones. You might be surprised who they actually are. The rest of them are puppets. The rest of them are just manipulated TV personalities. And um, there, there, there's, there's such a thing going on. And so I believe President Trump is in that position. He, he federalized one million National Guard. The only way the National Guard can, 
can function is they have to stay within their state. They're all state uh, oriented. They, they're not, they don't have any jurisdiction to leave their state. But in this executive order that Congress ignored, but it doesn't matter, that was treason just for all the things that President Trump, the, every executive order that Congress ignored, they're in trouble over. Um, and right now there's a whole, if you've heard anything, and I'll just throw out this name, the, um, the Brunson brothers, they're trumpeters. How many of you have heard of the Brunson, Brunson brother, brothers and the, the lawsuit that they have filed? They got one into the Supreme Court, and it is going to be heard. And this lawsuit names over 300, 380-some congressmen and senators and different people that participated in validating uh, uh, what's, the, what's the term for the election you certify? Certifying the election on January 6th. And it, 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 it is only, the case is only built on one thing, that Ted Cruz filed a, an appeal. Uh, he wrote something, I, I don't have the legal, legalese for this, but he, he put all of Congress on notice that, that there was their suspicion about the, orienta- the, uh, the election and that he asked for a, ten, in this appeal, he asked for a 10-day uh, investigation to hold off on that certification for 10 days to investigate whether there was foreign interference or not. Again, Congress ignored that. Just that act alone, that they ignored that, did not act, and especially did not take 10 days to wait, that put them all in, in the category of treason. And so this lawsuit, the, the Supreme Court has it. At some point, they are going to look at this. And it's just like this amazing thing. And uh, on Elijah's streams, Wano Savin got in and got on and shared within the last week an amazing uh, prophetic word about the matador. Matador, of course, we don't like bullfighting because the poor bull gets killed, right? Like, so that's not an American thing. We're like, oh, it's too group gruesome to whatever. However, he describes what it actually is and what it actually takes and, and the process of it. And at every different level of this uh, event, there are trumpets that are sounded. There are four Brunson brothers and they're world-renowned trumpeters, trumpet players. They're amazing. And uh, they became patriots. They are patriots. They're not lawyers. They began to work at filing this. They've been working really hard at it for several years. And they got one into the goal. The Supreme Court has it, and now at any point, they will have call. And they, they put out an appeal to all of these people that uh, were named in it. If they had a, uh, what's the word for they oppose, to oppose it, to resist it, to, there's a better word for that. Silence. None of them appealed it. None of them filed a protest against it. No, none of them had any. They, again, they're just ignoring this stuff, thinking it's going to go away. Someone, someone in power is going to cover for us like they always do. So there was no, no. So now the Supreme Court can call a meeting at any time of day or night and gather the nine justices together and make a ruling on this and do one or two things, but they're very simple. There's nothing to prove because all the documentation is right there. 
They don't have to prove election fraud. They don't have to prove anything. Just because Ted Cruz filed this and they ignored it, just because he did, that happened, they're, they're all, they will lose their, if this happens and plays out, the U.S. Marshals will go in and start approaching all of these congressmen and notifying them as of this moment, you are stripped of all of your stuff. You're, you're nobody right now. You're stripped of all of your authority, all of your role. You're done. You're gone. And we will probably uh, begin investigations on you. You can never run again for office. Like, it's, it's this amazing thing that just, boom, President Trump will not have to be re-sworn in. Because they never, they never swore him out. They never went through that process. That process never happened. He never conceded. They ne he will just be able. It's, these are legal people making the, defining this and studying this. All he'll ha he won't have to do anything. He will just immediately be put back in because he's never was taken out. And then we will go from there. So that is a scenario that could happen right in the midst of this lame duck session when Congress has changed. They're doing nothing. They pulled some pretty bad stunts in this lame duck session. That is where our Federal Reserve got put in all of a sudden because there was a lot of resistance to that. All of a sudden that got voted on. They did those things right at this time of the year, right between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Everyone's on holiday. They call a quorum or call whatever and hardly anybody can get back because they're all, you know, in their homes and whatever. And so this is a very crucial time and this, this could happen. So I'm so encouraged. I'm so encouraged by all of the, the back channel stuff like and it has to take this time. That's the worst thing we're dealing with. We cannot stand it, and we begin to run our mouths because we, we're impatient. We don't know why things are happening. I'll tell you why, because these evil people are very evil, and they don't care who they kill. They'll wipe out whole masses of people to save themselves and to get their agenda done. They, they are not normal, and they're not people you, you and I normally know the names of. We're talking about people that are the hidden ones. There were dirty bombs all over the world that the patriots have been going after and finding. Do you know what a dumb is, the dumbs, the deep underground military bases? Hard for us to even comprehend that's real. Study it. Look it up. They've been going on. And you can follow the earthquakes around the world. And then they blow these up. Some of them are as large as big cities under the ground. I've come to believe this. I've been hearing and watching and studying this for a long, years now, a couple, several years. And it just keeps coming back up, keeps coming back up, verified. And this is how they escape. This is where they go. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's an unthinkable, amazing whatever that they, they exist. And what they use them for, this is where the human trafficking goes on. This is the big, it's a big vent for that. They're evil, like beyond comprehension. And so I hold back as much as I can, but I'm encouraged because they're, they're going after these guys. They're destroying those. And they had to be so careful because not to, for example, President Trump could have signed something. We watched as this process have the, the, uh, the election was steal, stolen. And uh, how many of you are following Elon Musk and Twitter? What's going on? I mean, I, I'll encourage you, find a way to tap into what's happening because 
this guy, I watched him come up out of the whatever. He was just a rich guy that was, you know, an eccentric. And then I started paying attention, and I see a chart one day someone shows. I think he even put it out where he's moving towards conservative. But here, I don't, he doesn't have to think or believe exactly like me. But I'm going to tell you something about him. He believes in the First Amendment. He believes in the Constitution. I'm like, okay, whatever weird stuff he is or isn't, I don't know. But he's a constitutionalist. And he took a hold of that. And there's more to the story. He ends up buying Twitter. And they call us conspiracy theorists. But everything that we said and believed that about the, the, the uh, uh, rhetoric being manipulated, it's all in black and white now. And the people that are, that are sharing it, uh, uh, Matt Talibi, like, I don't even know who he is, but he's, a, he's not a conservative journalist. He's a very liberal journalist. However, when you find one of them that believes in the freedom of speech truly, a true journalist would. A true one does. Otherwise, you're just a propagandist. But if you're a true journalist, you care about the Constitution. You care about, about these things that are the, the right of speech. And if someone wasn't, why do we talk about that? Why should I ever talk about this at church? I'll tell you why. Because if that gets taken down, we won't be having church. If that agenda and that scenario they were planning, we, I probably will not be free to be here. I was at the January 6th event. All I had to do was be there with my phone, and it's known that I'm there. They know all that. And a lot of my co you know, protesters, peaceful protest. There was some crazy stuff that went on up at the Capitol, but trust me, that wasn't us. That's not what we are. That's not who we ever are. They're still in jail, held without cause. Some of them commit suicide. It's horrible, horrible conditions. And police are our friends until you go to the Capitol. The Capitol police, they're not good guys. They're bad. And I saw the provocateurs even in that, that event. It's like, what? This is like, this isn't us. You're not, no, no, this isn't right. Something's wrong. So it was infiltrated. There is hope for things changing. The president could have signed something, the um, um, Insurrection Act. We're like, sign it, sign it, because we're like all ready to go fight for the sake of avoiding a civil war because the generals that are his friends that are for him, behind him, said, if you do this, oh, you can do it. You, you, you have every right to do it. But if you do, we're going to have civil war in this country. And this president cares so much about people, all people. He actually does. He proves it. Did we go to war while he was president? No. He made peace with some pretty nasty people to avoid the war. Because what do the wars ever prove? They actually have a really bad agenda. They're horrible. If you really find out what's really going on, they're, they're horrible, horrible. I, I used to be like, oh, yeah, we need to fight some of these wars. We need to defend ourselves. We need to be ready for it. Big guns. In the, but if you're really like that, then you don't have to start anything. Nobody, everybody knows don't mess with him. Right? And so we have that kind of president who patiently waits. He's been slandered. He's been, and if you follow the, the things that are getting released on Twitter, oh my God. 
we had some executives in this company, just young middle-aged people, they're controlling things. And you know what was in one of these tweets? They didn't even know if they're gonna allow the president of the next administration have a Twitter account because they won't, they're not gonna allow anything that's hurtful or would incite violence, that's there. And I mean, it is a plethora of rules and breaking rules and one, one day they follow the rules, the next day they throw, this is all coming out. It's better than a court case, it really is. It's like, oh my gosh, the stuff that's coming out. So we have a sovereign Lord watching over this whole world. He loves America. God loves America, but he also loves the whole world. And there are more of us than you'll ever know because our voices have been so suppressed all over the world. There are phenomenal people in China. There are phenomenal people in Australia. There are phenomenal people in North Korea. In all these places, the people, they're crying out for freedom, for liberty, and they've been suppressed and oppressed and used and trafficked. And that is what is in work, and we must be patient because if the patriots at any moment move too fast, there'll be such a catastrophic light, loss of life, and that's why. Can you be okay to continue to wait? I don't know the scenario. I just know. I get enough information to know good things are still happening. Good people are still in code. There's too much evidence of it. Some of the executive orders that President Trump wrote, they kept, keep getting renewed. And we know that that actor in the White House would not do that. They're against him. Who's renewing them? What's going on? It's really crazy. So I'm so encouraged by that. And, it, and it's, like I said, I bite my nails all the time. Like, oh, I talk about this. So there, out it came. All right. We've been talking about heaven, and it's so amazing. Uh, this book that I had, I didn't bring it today, but Imagine Heaven. And uh, I did the funeral here for uh, Chris and Craig's uh, uncle. And um, um, I must have sold five or six books just by doing the funeral. I mean, they, people were like, what's that book you read out? Because I read out of it. Because if we can share with people the testimonies of these near-death experience people that got to experience this. It, it takes what we know in our Bible, but it's the testimony that makes it come alive, huh? It's true of everything about the Bible. It's the testimony of you becoming a Christian that makes this come alive. It authenticates it. it you you. And your testimony are actually necessary to complete the word. Do you know that? In one sense, yes, it's absolutely complete. And yet it, it doesn't affect another person till there's a, a real-life story connected to it. It's so big. It's so, that's why we can't be silent. And I, I listened to a little bit of my message from last week to see where I ended. And, and I was saying, if you don't have a story, pray for one. Get one identify your story. Many people are Christian and you've not identified your story. You need to stop and do that. I would encourage you, get your story condensed into a, the ability, into a story where in a, in a real short time you can relate. How did you come to put Jesus as Lord over your life? That, that's, a, that's a story. 
And, and you need to re rehearse it, practice it, know it, know why. How did you get here? Why do you sit in church? What keeps you coming? What is the reason you do what you do? What's the reason you believe what we believe? We cannot afford to be lackadaisical about this and just ride in on whatever. It's the other thing that's happening all over our country. Look at people rising up and fighting the fight that weren't doing anything before. And I even have some people, like, like my brother, he's not here so I can talk about him. He became, in a good way, he, he became, this is not likely, I did not ever see him doing this. He became a poll worker. And those are the kind, getting in grassroots, and you've got, in that, you've got to control yourself and your attitudes and all of this stuff. He's, he's had a lot of interesting, very interesting encounters with people. Young people that are coming in tears about the futility of the elections and of voting. Like, he's got to encounter things. We've got to show up and get out of our, our realm. And you've got to find what, what's, your, what's your, you know, what's your road? Where's your place? Where's your lane? Where's your lane? That's what I'm trying to look for. Get in your lane. Stay in your lane, but get in your lane. Be in a lane. Don't be in the audience. Don't be in the seats. Like, find a place that you have an influence, you have a voice. Maybe it's with your grandchildren. Maybe it's with your neighbor. But decide what you believe. Decide where you are. I'm telling you, it matters. Every little thing that you say that relates to what you truly are believe, believe and have convictions about, we've got, we're so paranoid in our, in our culture to give our opinion or talk and as soon as someone's opinionated, we label them. Don't we all do that? Oh, they're really opinionated. Maybe they're even obnoxious. Maybe I would agree with you. But I'll tell you one thing. You know what's on their mind. Yeah? I feel a lot more comfortable with those people than people that just appease me. I don't want appeased. If I don't like what you say, I'll walk away at the first chance I get. I mean, honestly. I can turn my head. I can, I, can, I can do something else. But I'd rather encounter a person that knows what they believe in. So I would just encourage you, like, revisit your story, your testimony. And every part of it actually matters. How did you come to where you are? If you don't know how you got to where you are, you better, you need to know. I'm just telling you, you need to know. You don't just fall into this. You're not born into this. You've got to have your own convictions. You've got to have your own story. And Jesus wants that for all of us. He doesn't want you living on the coat sleeves of another person, even if that person's good. Like, you need to be an individual. You need to know what you believe. And, and, and our convictions need to be expressed, and we need to come to this. Finishing up on this heaven issue, and it's so impacting to hear these testimonies, the question comes then, what matters in life? And the people that had encounters in heaven, they were changed. They came back and did amazing things because they're like, whoa. Now, many of them needed a second chance. It's much better if you go to heaven, don't need a second chance, and you get to enter in fully. That's really better, okay? It is. But the Lord used all these Odd situation. Some were hardly believers at all. There's a story in this book of a Jewish woman 
who encounters Jesus. Her story is, she wrote her story down when she gets, comes back to life. She never encountered anybody like Jesus. She realized who he was. She never felt such warmth. She never felt such acceptance. She never, it's like, it was amazing. And yet she chose to not follow because she was Jewish. I mean, after all, you can't be following Jesus if you're Jewish, if you're religiously Jewish. And she came back, saw children that weren't yet born, came back, recovered from her injury that was bad enough that she died, recovered, had another child or two, and raised them like her purpose wasn't done. She did that. But there's not a testimony of her following Jesus, though she encountered him. So you want to work on this right now. Prepare your heart. Get in a place. Seek him. Put him. And every time you worship, every time you follow the Lord and, and discover what matters, what's going to matter when you get there. A lot of the stuff that we think we just exhaust ourselves doing, they don't necessarily matter. That's really a bad day when you, when you ignored all the important things in your life to accomplish this one goal and you get to heaven. It's like, oh, we don't look at that. I don't care if you have a gold medal. That doesn't get you in here. It doesn't keep you in here. Matter of fact, we don't even acknowledge it. However, there is going to be a ceremony called the Bema ceremony, the judgment seat of Christ in heaven. And you want to walk away from that with gold, real gold, real silver, real awards. And we're not in a competition. What you do for the Lord that he's pleased with gets rewarded. It's a great way to live, actually. You live with a God consciousness. Why don't you steal something when you actually already walked out of the store with it? It's on the bottom of your cart. The clerk didn't notice it. You didn't notice it. You get to your car. Hey, I just bought a free box of tile. I mean, I just got it. I didn't buy it, but it's here. It's, I mean, am I going to? Because of a consciousness, I hope you do, that God's always watching, that you walk back in the store and go, uh, this was on the bottom of my cart. I need to pay for it because I do want it. I went through a crazy season where that happened to me several times in a row. I'm like, geez, what really gets tough is when it's an insignificant amount, a piece of plastic for piping that's cents, doesn't even make it to the dollar mark. Oh, my God. And it's like, for the sake, for the purpose, I walk in sometimes, I'm returning this thing. Clerks are looking at me like, you'd be crazy. Like, really? You know? Or, you know, there's this, like, this thing like, oh, you're honest. It's like, that's not even the point, really. The point is, I know my father's watching. I want his blessing. I don't want his curse. And this ridiculous amount of money that I'm, you know, saving or got away with is nothing if it just cursed my life. It just opened up the door because the enemy's looking for a chance to get to me and get on me. He's waiting, waiting for the guard to come down, waiting for an opening. Some unrepented of sin, some uh, exercise of uh, lacking integrity or so something immoral, something that he can get in and wreaks havoc. 
It matters what we do. We began to say seeking God matters. Longing for him, longing to see him. Developing peoples matter. And I read the story, and I, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but there's actually video on this man named Ian McCormick, and he died as a total heathen, a surfer uh, looking for you know everything wild in life, though his mother was pleading with him to find God. He went out on a two-year journey, didn't care what he did, where he went, you know, and, and he dies. He gets stung by jellyfish, and he goes to heaven. When he gets there, and the Lord ministers to him, like, and he realizes he's in this, you know, this place. And I read the story last week. When he finally gets there, calls out on the Lord, gets in a good place, like, I don't want to go by, goodbye, cruel world. And he thinks he's good, and then the Lord shows a tunnel, opens up, and shows him his mom, his, you know, his mother. In Australia, he was Australian, his mom, you know. He's like, nobody on earth loves me, and then he sees a picture of his mother. And, he's, and it says in the story, I realized the mistake I made. Yeah, you made a big mistake. There was somebody that loved you. If you stay here and don't go back and tell her how Jesus saved you in this, I would not want to, don't put this to the test, honestly. Saved him in this sovereign way, and she, she's going she's gonna to die believing that, you, that I went to hell. I can't do that. Then the Lord shows him his father and brothers and sisters and friends, and, and he's like, I don't love them, but the Lord said, yeah, but I do. Do you realize how self-centered we are? We have attitudes about people and we go, I don't care. Really? If you call yourself Christian, you better understand something real quick. He does care about who you don't care about. And there's some pretty tough people in life that, to love. Yeah? There's some rough ones. There's some real rough ones. To realize this is the experience of heaven, that Jesus loves you unconditionally, but he also loves the, people you, the person you hate unconditionally. Like, oh, really? Uh-huh. That's life-changing, and now the way I live matters. And what I do matters. Serving the least matters. Let's turn to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verses 34 through 36. Then the king will return will turn to those on his right and say, you have a special place in my father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from before the foundation of the world. For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. So 
this isn't stuff that's just to be left to a ministry and someone that does that. I know this, there's an opportunity. Opportunities arise in everyone, in any, every one of our lives. You don't have to go looking for it too hard at all. And someone, a, a life, a situation will show up where you can feed them, you can help them, you can do something, you can visit them, you can, you can do something. These are the things that Jesus is really watching. And the grand things that we do with life we think matters so much, these are the things that get to heaven. I want to be doing the things that transfer up. Yeah? I want to invest in the things that make the transfer. Your work matters. We're like, work? I hate work. I wish I could live a life that has no work. It gets boring pretty fast, honestly. It's not all it's cracked up to be. What is very satisfying is to find your work. I'm not talking about hard labor, that's, but I'm talking about a work that gives you purpose, that you can tell you're creating, you're building, you're doing. You're, there's a satisfaction in it. Look what the scripture says about this, Colossians 3. Scriptures you probably know, but it's so good to, rem, to remember, to revisit Colossians chapter 3. Verses 23. Where are you, little Colossians? Here we go. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. Do you not appreciate going to a store and having someone that just is into their job, that truly serves you? And tr I mean, isn't, don't you walk out? It's just a blessing. I, I want to be one of those people. And, and whatever I'm doing, when people encounter me in my role, in my job, in the work that I do, for them to just be blessed by how I do my job and what I'm doing. That, that's amazing. That transfers up. For we know that we will receive a reward, an inheritance from the Lord, as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. A disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed. Uh, and followed. For God pays no attention to the titles or prestige of men. So your, your title doesn't matter. What matters is that you do your job with all of your heart. That whatever you do, that you do it with this sense, I'm doing it, for, I'm working for the Lord. The Lord's, he, he's blessed with this, and I, plea, I do it to please him, and the way I do it pleases him. In America, you can have a really lousy attitude and still do your job. We should pass a law to make that illegal. I'd love it. I'd probably, I'd vote for that. Let's go for it. Wouldn't you love it that everyone that does what they're doing, that they feel right about it in the first place, feel like they've found their thing to do, or that it's part of their training for what they want to do. And they do it with it, not begrudgingly, not complaining, but they, they do it with all their heart. That, it blesses you, honestly. That's, what, that's what's awesome. 
And they're worth what they're getting in their wages, because, but they're doing it. But this is what really matters is that they do it as unto the Lord. You do it as unto the Lord. Our finances matter. How we handle money matters. It's not how much money you make. It's what you do with it and how you handle it, how you consider it, how you steward it. It matters. If we can make the transfer in our mind that what I have in my hand at any given time, it, it's the Lord's, and he's watching how I, how, I, how I do things. Now, this isn't the eye. I'm not talking about people and their opinions about what you should do with your money. I'm talking about what you can do before the, what you should do before the Lord with what you have. Knowing he's a good father and much of what you have, he gave you. You get to choose. He's watching over, but there are good things you do with it, and there are bad things you do with it. There's a mentality you have. If someone steals a penny, you're like, oh, whatever. My father gave me these hundred pennies in the first place, so he'll replace it. Is it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Come to a place where even when someone defrauds you, even when you lose something, that you go, huh, Lord, will you replace this instead of being angry at people and filing lawsuits and doing all the crazy stuff we do and mostly losing sleep and pretty much losing our soul over things. And there's some tough situations to overcome. Let me finish with this chapter, this passage, Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verses 9 through 13. And let me say one more time, this is all about Change, adjusting your life that you're living for heaven instead of just living for the day, instead of living for this life. There's something so much higher. That adjustment can change everything that you're in right now. And if you're living for heaven, you'll have a lot more confidence asking heaven for help. Yeah? If you're on your own, you're aware of that. If you're living for your own things, you know that. But if you're living for something greater than yourself, you'll have greater confidence. And we need to have confidence. 16 verses 9, beginning in verse 9, it is important that you use the wealth of this world to demonstrate your friendship with God by winning friends and blessing others. Then, when this world fails and falls apart, your generosity will provide you with an eternal reward. The one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities, right? Like everybody that's broke, all they can think about is what they need for the next thing rather than realizing there's a real mandate about how to manage what they have. Until you get that down right, it won't matter how much money I give you. That's not really a popular thing to say sometimes, but some, I'm telling you, people need to hear this. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not, consider, will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. So... With your finances, it's one of the ways that the Lord watches your level of responsibility and whether you're ready for an upgrade. I've shared this before. What if the thing that's hindering your finances 
is that you're not ready for it to be blessed yet. Like, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Are you? Because too much too soon can corrupt, cause you to make some really bad decisions. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world? And if you've not been proven faithful with, the, which, with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? It is impossible for a person to serve two masters at the same time. You will be forced to love one and respect the other. One master will be despised and the other will have your loyal devotion. It is no different with God and the wealth of this world. You must enthusiastically love one and definitely reject the other. And this has to do with the love of things and the love of money. And it's the love of money that is the problem, not the money. We need that. It's the love of those things. When you love it more than people, when it becomes the priority, when it mandates and directs you, causes you to, to be, it's, 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 a, it's a horrible taskmaster. Many people are, are serving it and it has a bad ending. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you continue to convict us and show us. Thank you for your revelations about heaven, about yourself, the testimonies that we've been meditating on, encountering about the experience of truly meeting you in spirit. Oh, Father, when we see pictures of that, we begin, we're stirred up again to long to encounter your presence because there's nothing like it. And anyone that experiences it has the hardest time walking away from it. So, Lord Jesus, as we worship you in our brokenness and our feebleness and our lack of understanding sometimes, we know we're doing the right thing and that you are worthy, that you are worthy. We thank you. Direct us, cause us to walk in your ways. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.